welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Good morning. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and I'm here with Marie Wallace, my lovely co-host. Hi, guys. And uh, thank you, Zoom, for giving us the ability to have these uh, mobile sessions. Um, so today, we are really excited to be talking about, you know, in this little series of um, how to have healthy relationships, right? In the spirit of summer and all things healthy and happy and growing, we are talking about healthy relationships and all of the pieces of um, healthy relationships. And we've set the foundation over the last several weeks. You know, we've talked about some territory, you know, building foundational um, pieces, how to um, choose a healthy partner, how to, um, how to build a solid foundation that will last, not necessarily for the relationship, but prioritizing your own health, that you will maintain ownership of you through a relationship, because I feel that that is a really big priority that many of us miss. Um, so we've laid a lot of that foundational work. And today we want to talk about uh, when you have a relationship, and it begins to change. And it may have been something that was so phenomenal, right? It could have been, you know, a romantic relationship. It could be any type of relationship. It could be a friendship that you notice has changed. It could be a job. It could be, um, it could be something, anything that you are really excited about and it changed and you're not really sure what changed, but you know, it's changed. And, um, you know, I was uh, explaining to Marie a little earlier, um, an example for me personally is sometimes I get burnt out on a certain activity. Like, you know, it's important to me to move my body, right? I like um, exercise and I think it's important. And um, I may go through phases that are years where I love weightlifting or I love cardio. And then there might be times where I go through a season and I'm like, that doesn't work for me and I need to do something different. Um, and what happens is sometimes we we judge ourselves for those changes and we say, I, I don't understand what happened and I need to fix it and I need to make myself love it the way that I once loved it or love them the way that I once loved them. And so this, this piece is, I think, actually perfectly timed because, you know, if you look outside, we're nearing the end of summer and you see changes, right? And there's, there is a seasonal change underway and you may see a few golden leaves right now and you may see a few plants that are pretty dry and withered and you can see, you can visually see, it is no longer spring. It is no longer in the thick of summer. We are, we're starting that downward descent into fall. And sometimes our relationships are the same way. You know, I can think of, I can think of things that really lit me up at one point and they changed. I can think of jobs that I really loved and I was really content with. And then 
they changed and I got burnt out. And no matter how much I wanted to force myself to love it the same way that I once loved it, I can't couldn't force myself to. And so I want to talk about how sometimes in relationships we experience that and there's a level of grief that we face because there's often that period of time that we really want to force it to go back to the way that it was, even if it's never going to go back to the way that it was. So let's talk about those changing seasons in our relationships with people that we love and how to navigate them, because I think there's a variety of ways to navigate them. It's not just, you know, oh, it's fall. So we're, you know, letting go of everything, right? There's some things that weather fall and come back in the spring, and there's some things that don't. So um, let's, let's talk about the changes that can come up. And um, Marie, do you want to um, add some examples that you've had where things have just changed and, and it's not that they were bad and it's not that they, you know, they were all of a sudden something that, um, that wasn't the way that it, it brought you joy before. It's the same thing, but you just feel differently about it. I have uh, two examples. One is jobs. Uh, I, I know that happens a lot with me because I've grown and expanded into a job as much as I can. Um, I've also maybe I'm, I'm ready for new skills, which requires a different level of, of perhaps the same job or but, but maybe um, an additional job. Um, so I know I've seen that over the time, every couple of years, it's like, oh, I just, I just feel like growing more and maybe I'll add this on or I'll drop this. And so there's a lot of changes in job. And I was also thinking friendships, how friendships change and evolve over time. Someone uh, that I've been really close to, like you said, it may not be um, that, that I lose them, but it goes in cycles. Like right now, we're all doing uh, school things. So I'll be with my school friends and, and that will go throughout a certain period of time. And then I um, am now doing coaching. So I'll be with coaching people. Um, the friendships that I have, maybe someone had to move and that caused, even though we're still close, it's a whole different dynamic and a different way to operate the friendship. And sometimes it's, and there's a loss, like a loss of community, a loss of that really close person. So I'm really glad that we're talking about these things because I, I know that change is inevitable and learning how to navigate it together is a really good thing to do. So mm -hmm. I think this also really goes in tandem with giving ourselves permission to change our minds. And that has been such a big programming shift for me because, you know, we've talked a lot about loyalty programming. I know that's one of my really big things that I hammer on a lot. And I think one of the consequences of, you know, feeling loyalty is, you know, the value above everything is that sometimes we're loyal to ideas and we're loyal to jobs and concepts that we grow out of. And a tragedy is that we're meant to grow out of these things We're you know, even relationships, some of them we grow out of. And that's actually something to celebrate, not something to hold ourselves back because we have this promise of loyalty. And um, so I think, you know, whether it's, you know, an activity that you used to love, 
or a, a relationship, you know, either, either way, um, I think if the goal is personal expansion and growth, then that means also acknowledging when it's time to let some things go. And that doesn't mean, you know, when I say I've outgrown someone, that doesn't mean they're down here and I'm up here. And so I need to let them go. It's more like, you know, if you imagine two roads that are just, they're no longer going in the same direction and, and they're just no longer a match. And so if you have two people that are going in different directions and you're like trying to force them to stay together, it just isn't, um, it isn't pleasant for either people, either people. Either <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, that's my, my inner two-year-old coming out. Um, so yeah, I think when we're trying to force two people or a person in a job or a person, an idea, you're trying to force them to stay together when they're really deeply craving to go in different directions. Um, you know, a lot of times what's keeping people there is loyalty. It's that idea of obligation. It's no longer a passion, whereas in the beginning, it was a passion, right? In the beginning, it was mutual desire. In the beginning, it was, we both really, really want this. And then it becomes, I'm supposed to want this. And that energy really changes. So when when things are no longer a match and you're just forcing, what we inevitably do is we start shutting pieces of ourselves off and we start limiting ourselves so that we can stay compatible for this relationship or this job or this thing, this home, this whatever, friendship. We try to make ourselves compatible and so we twist ourselves into a pretzel. And it's dishonoring for ourselves and it's also dishonoring for the other person because now what we have is something that is totally inauthentic right and i don't know about you but i certainly don't want a relationship where someone is having to twist themselves around to make it work to be my friend or be in a relationship with me i want someone who feels really lit up and passionate about being in in my space so I get to give the same thing. So if I want someone to be genuinely in a relationship with me, wanting a genuine desire to be with me, then I also get to be true enough to myself that I'm going to be honest with them about whether or not that passion is, is really there. Um, so Marie, do you want to add to that, um, that piece of, you know, being authentic in your relationships and, and acknowledging when two people are, are going in separate directions. Just exactly what you said. I I'm pretty sure that it's dishonoring to both of us. And we went into it wanting to be, most of us go into it wanting to be authentic and to be truly ourselves. And, just like the friendships change as we're growing and expanding, it's possible our romantic relationships will change if they don't, if they don't change with us, because that's, that's always a possibility. No matter how long you've been together, it's always a possibility that things can change so much that you, that you do that growing apart. And like you said, the most important part is not to judge ourselves about it, but to come up with you know, you know, what is okay with this? And are there changes that we can make 
that can keep us together, but not force it. What you said is um, very true. I've seen that. I've done that where I've tried to force something to work when it just doesn't. And it's, it is because it is acknowledging the grief and the change and that a piece of us is going to be way different than we expected. And it's also scary because it's new and different and unlike what we've done before. And sometimes we stay in that comfort zone trying not so hard not to change anything that we miss out on opportunities that could really grow and expand, not just myself, but my, the other person I'm in relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's such a good point. Um, that we, we really seek what's familiar. It's very hard to let go of what is familiar. And, and that's been very true for me. Um, as someone who loves routine and finds safety in routine, you know, that can be true of relationships or that can be true of um, jobs or, well, I always work out at that place or, you know, I always meet them for coffee or whatever that thing is that's the normal thing that I always do that can be really hard to let go of. Um, and it is really scary to look at the unknown, how things might change. And um, I guess I, I want to flesh that out a little bit because uh, I want to talk about how things maybe do change. What are the different avenues to address that change? Because, you know, just like we said before, you know, there's some some plants that come back in the spring and some plants that don't. And how do you know the difference? And um, how do you know how to navigate some of those changes? What, what changes are the important changes that we're looking for? I think there's a lot of questions that come up um, when we're talking about relationships. And um, so let's, let's talk about what are some of the changes that we might see that, that we're seeing, you know, we're going in different directions or there's some level of adapting that's needed. And, um, I don't think that, uh, hang on, Marie says she's going to go grab a power cord. Okay, go get it, Marie. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that there are different strategies needed for different things. So let, let me give an example that's less emotional. Um, I think when we look at a job, it's not as emotional as looking at a, um, a romantic relationship, but I think there's a lot to be gleaned in that example that's applicable to a, a romantic relationship. So let's talk about you've been in the same job for five years and you really like the company, you, you love the people you work with, but things have grown and shifted and the job that you're doing doesn't light you up anymore and you're kind of dreading going to work every day and it's just it's just different you know you need a change so um what do you do because there's certain things that you really love and this is the, how how it always happens it's never it's never like oh i just absolutely hate this person now or i absolutely hate this job now no there's there's pieces that you still love and that's what makes it hard is, is you think, well, these things are really, really not working, but then there's all of these other things that I really love. So it's the combination of the two that, that really makes it uh, a challenge to know how to proceed. So, so we're going back to that job you're in for five years and you're really dreading going and, and something needs to change, but you really love the company. Well, 
in that scenario, you might find a different job within that company, right? So you are marrying what does work with the idea of letting go of what doesn't work. So I think, um, you know, in some arenas, and you can see how that might work in a relationship too, where doing things a different way or changing your role a certain way um, may be the best, the best way to go. Maybe, oh man, maybe you have um, arranged your responsibilities for a certain way for a long time in your relationship and you're just not happy with it anymore. Maybe you go to the, the drawing board and you decide a different way of dividing up your tasks. You know, there's there's lots of things that we can do differently within a relationship that doesn't involve ending it. It just is changing it. And it's honoring the fact that we are changing and evolving human beings always. Like life is never the same. Humans are never the same. The only thing I can guarantee you is that I will change. My mind will change. I will have different opinions. I will hopefully, right? That That is if things go well. I hope that in 10 years, I will not have the same exact ideas that I have today because I'm learning and growing and expanding. So if that is true, then everyone that we're in relationship with is also um, learning and growing and expanding. And so we need to honor those changes. So that means if we are in relationship with those people, we will, it's not a matter of if, we will need to adapt certain things. We'll need to go back to the drawing board and say, this was working well and it's really not anymore. How do we want to change this? Um, I mean, you might have similar values. You might have similar visions and those have changed. You know, your goals have changed. Um, and, and then sometimes there are those bigger those bigger changes that are not small things there, you know, I'm really feeling led to move to Africa and, you know, you're really passionate about what you're doing here. And, you know, some things may be, um, irreconcilable and that's okay too. You know, it doesn't have to be, and not every relationship is meant to weather the winter. Some of them are meant to fall away and that is okay. You know, we don't judge, um, we don't judge the plants that don't come back. Right. We don't say mother nature, you failed because no. no, no, it was all exactly the way that it was meant to be. And our relationships are the same too. And you didn't fail or do something wrong if there are certain relationships that fall away. So, all right, that was a lot of talking. Marie, do you want to please address some, some ways that you see those, those changes? What are the changes that you see in relationships that come up that cause friction? When are some times that people stay when they shouldn't and times where they could they could make some small adaptations. Wow, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, even just using your plant analogy, I was thinking of things that didn't come back that made way for random things. Like this year I had random strawberries show up. Don't know where they came from, um, but it was kind of a nice treat and a nice surprise. So that's in the plant world, but also in the evolving, changing thing, because we, 
really want what's best for others as well. And sometimes that means letting them go and honoring them and letting them go do their thing. And I, I think about friendships that I have and they're always growing, evolving people. And sometimes a lot of times they move away and and it's it's sad for me because we used to have coffee together all the time and have these long deep conversations and so there's the sadness but i've also seen myself try to hold on to something so tight that they don't want that relationship anymore so i could actually drive someone away that could have maybe been evolved into a different situation or i could have held on to a relationship partnership so hard that I squoze all the goodness out of it and there's nothing left and that's what causes that friction and that fighting and that um actually forgetting why we got together in the first place I've seen that you know I I don't like the we fell out of love thing it's it's not taking a look at what happened and maybe there is something still there maybe there isn't it's just taking an active reflective look at, like you said, what's working, what's not working. Maybe it is an adjustment. Maybe it's a big adjustment. Maybe it's a small adjustment. But if I'm holding on so tight because I'm afraid or I'm in fear or the change is so big or that promise of I said I would stay forever, then I, I'm suffocating the relationship and I'm I'm possibly not going to find the strawberries that we're going to be there when that happened and so sometimes letting go allows for something bigger and better to come it doesn't mean that there won't be grief it just means that because life goes in the same cycles as seasons as I let something go something new comes in and so um that's some things I like the idea that you take it to the table like sometimes relationships get stale. We've been together 27 years. We got to try new things sometimes. Bless you. And so sometimes it might be, let's find new interests together. Maybe um, we used to weight lift a lot and now um, we're not doing it as much. We're but maybe that means we take up tennis. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's to read books together or whatever, but it's something that says, what, what do you want and what do I want and find ways that those may mesh together. If it's a big change, like you were saying that trip to Africa, you know, that might require something totally different. It's just being open to the ideas that this is my other thing. There's all possibilities that we haven't thought of yet. It's not an either or. There's lots of blends of things too. And I think sometimes we forget it's not an all or nothing situation. It just could look different than we expected. And it's hard. And I think this is an important piece to point out too, that it requires both people being so invested in finding a strategy if it's going to work so if change shows up and requires some heavy thinking and adaptation and problem solving um and only one person is willing to show up to the table to do that then then you really need to look at the true colors of your relationship and and i've seen this happen many many times actually where one person is very invested in in maintaining the relationship and keeping it going and they're willing to do the problem solving and the other person is really not and um 
either they're really relying on the other person to just figure it out for them, or they really could just care less. And um, so, you know, it's, it, there's so much grief in acknowledging when that happens, right? And, and maybe it's just me, because I'm a major plant lover, but I can see that reflected in nature around me, where, you know, I can see a plant like this time of year, right? That no matter how much fertilizer and water I put on it, it just wants to die. It's ready to go. And that's hard, right? There may be something that a plant that I really love and I can't always make it do what I want it to do. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes relationships are the same way. And I've been in those relationships where, you know, there's, there's something that's needed and they just, it doesn't matter how much love you pour on it, how much energy you give it, how much effort you give it. It, it just doesn't want to flourish. And there's grief in that there's grief in letting those things go. So, um, that's the most important part. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because it is acknowledging that it is a two-way street so often because of our fear or our not wanting to, it to change, we aren't really looking at that, that it's an equal partnership or, you know, mutual, that it's, we're mutually working on it together. If you find yourself dragging the dead body behind you, <laughs> that might be an indicator that something's really awry. And I just think sometimes we refuse to look. Yeah. Yeah, don't go out in the middle of winter and water your plant. <laughs> That's the best. I love that. I, I got that analogy strong in my head. It's interesting that you said the other one where you said um, about the plant wanting to die because I had that actual image in my head just as you were saying it. I go, there's plants that don't want that either. So great yeah. analogy. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's very similar to what I did in some relationships is I just refused to stop watering. <laughs> I refused <laughs> to stop, you know, giving it fertilizer and just doing the, you know, damnedest that I could do to make that plant live, damn it. And um, what if I gave that energy, that same attention to other plants who really wanted to flourish? You know, it's the same concept in relationships. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was another point. Oh, I think I just wanted to go back to it's, it's a two way relationship. And, and often I see women beat themselves up for not trying hard enough when they've done everything that they can. And we've been taught so thoroughly that it's bad to give up. So I think we have a lot of people standing out watering dead plants because <laughs> they're really afraid of what anybody's gonna think if they stop watering the damn dead plant. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, we do have a cultural problem where people do judge each other for not watering the dead plant. And I think it's fucking ridiculous. So, <laughs> you know, we need to stop judging each other for giving up on the plants that are ready to be dead. Um, but, you know, 
whether other people think so or not, please like envision that, you know, that image of watering that dead plant. You know, if you're watering a dead relationship, you know it, you know it. If there is, you have a partner who's dead weight and who is not showing up and, and really showing you in every possible way that they don't want to flourish and that they don't really care if your relationship flourishes, their actions tell you, right? Not necessarily their words, because people say a, a lot of things, a lot of things yeah. but you know, if they aren't really showing up, they aren't doing the work, right? We know, you know, I can tell when someone really wants something, right? Um, you know, if someone really has a burning desire to accomplish something, to um, make something flourish, like you can, you can tell what actions go into that, um, that motivation, what, what backs it. So if that isn't there, like it's time to really get honest. Um, it's, it's time to, it's time to take a look at the dead plant. So sometimes the changes that we're talking about are, you know, sad and hard and it's a lot of grief. It is the dead plant. And then other times it's just an adaptation, right? What do I need to do to adjust? Um, what does this plant need differently to make it flourish? Because the fertilizer yeah, I was using before isn't working now. <laughs> sometimes new conditions make that plant flourish i brought back dead plants that that didn't and putting them in new environments new conditions can can help so yeah and it, that's a big um that's a, a huge adjustment so if you keep a sick plant in the same sick environment it's going to die right it's going to keep being sick but a radical change like, you know, putting it in a new pot with new soil or trimming off the, the dead roots so that the healthy ones can flourish, um, putting it in a different room with, with different sunlight. Um, those are big, massive changes, at least for a plant. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you can see relationships or jobs the same way. So if you are seeing that, um, you know, I, I'm not flourishing in this job, let's say, right. And, and I'm feeling a little resentful and frustrated and, and just not very happy. I can guarantee you, if you don't change anything in that environment, you will only feel more of those feelings. But if you change the environment, same kind of concept, if you change uh, maybe the, the job title you have and the tasks that you have and your environment, then yeah, you, you could really, um, you could find yourself very happy in the same, under the same roof, you know, with the same employer. So same kind of concept and the same in, in relationships, but no change is no change. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. Yeah. Um, we have any comments. Yeah, I want to see. I know we're probably close to time, but I can't see. We are. We are right at time. Okay, beautiful. Okay, um, I do not see any questions. Um, so, yeah. Um, how do we want to tie that up? 
Yeah, um, pay attention to what changes show up. Um, don't expect everything to stay the same. Don't expect yourself to be the same. Don't judge yourself. For be radically honest with not yourself. Being the same. Be honest about your relationships, honest about your feelings. Um, that's kind of the gist of, of uh, handling change. And it's very important. I mean, adaptation and adjusting ourselves to reality is, I mean, that is life, right? That is life. So um, yeah, anything else you want to share, Marie, about changes happening in relationships? Shift happens. <laughs> Let go of all of the things that have already let go of you. Mm, that's a good one. That's a great way to end it. Yeah. Stop watering, watering the damn dead plants. <laughs> no. <laughs> awesome. Okay. A couple of comments here. Hi, Abby. Um, she says it makes sense. Kimberly says have to let go of people who do not serve us. Yep. Um, because honestly, if we're hanging on to relationships that don't serve us, um, we're also not serving them. It's also not serving them. So it's not like a relationship is honoring to one person and not the other. It, it's either honoring both or it's honoring none. So, um, yeah, very, very important to get honest about what is happening in your relationships. And it may be very different than what was happening a year ago. There's nothing wrong with that. So, Alrighty, my friends, um, let's wrap it up here. So uh, next week, episode 99, if you can believe that, <laughs> we're going to be almost at 100, um, is releasing control. Oh boy, that's a good one. That'll be a fun follow-up to this one. Um, so yeah, next week, releasing control. Um we also have, we're coming down to the wire here. Next month, we have a retreat in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, the Warrior Goddess Retreat. And uh, if you're familiar with Unapologetic at all, Unapologetic is very much the micro uh, perspective. Uh, it addresses your personal behavior and why you've done the things that you have and how to break free, how to reclaim yourself. Um, and the warrior goddess retreat is going to be much more of a broad view perspective. Um, why did we pick up the programming that we did? What are the hangups that have caused us um, so much grief over millennia as women and how to reclaim our authority as women? So um, different perspective there. But I'm really, really excited about this work. And, um, and I think it's going to be so phenomenally fun with Marie because she is really our, uh, our spiritual um, guru and will walk us through all of the you know, prayers and rituals and fun and play um, that's so important. And of course, you know, I'm always the, the killjoy over here. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you how it is. We're building community too of, of like-minded people that just get to enjoy each other at the level wherever you are. And that, that's what I love about it too, is just growing together and being in yeah. community together. And just honoring those divine, divine things in ourselves, changes and all. <laughs> yes. And I think in particular, um, that's something that the retreat offers that 
um, a lot of my other work cannot is that face to face and that just the magic that comes with being with each other and really experiencing the power and magic of being females in a room together. Um, there's just something that, that you cannot replace that. Um, it's very special, very unique. So if you want to learn more about the Warrior Goddess Retreat, please go to my website, jillianaurora.com slash Warrior Goddess Retreat, or just click on um, signature programs and you can find Warrior Goddess Retreat that way as well. Um, what else? Uh, how, we are how do they find you? or ask you questions. Yes. Ask me questions. If you want to ask us questions or make a suggestion for a topic or tell us that we're really damn wrong, um, (laughs) you can email me. We welcome it all. (laughs) Yes. Uh, you can email me at defy the average at gmail.com or you could email Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. Definitely welcome it all. Yes, absolutely. And we are here every Thursday around 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, you can find us in our Facebook group, Braveheart Conversations. We would love for you to follow us there. And you can find any of our past episodes there. You can engage in discussion there. You can also find us on pretty much any podcasting platform. So please do check us out. Give us some love. And uh, we will see you next week. Stay cool out there. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.